Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful church. We thank you, Father, for the fathers that you have given us. We thank you for the life of the presiding bishop. We thank you, O Lord, for all his associates. We thank you, Father, for our church. We thank you, Lord, for a beautiful church. We thank you for a wonderful congregation. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be in your presence once again to hear your word. Spirit of God, we ask that you minister to us. Have your way. Let it not be of man's wisdom. Let it be the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. We pray, Lord, that at the end of the service, all the glory will come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, I want us to continue with a series of messages that we have been sharing for several weeks. We have been sharing a message called, Many Are Called. Many Are Called. And we have been sharing for some few weeks now, and we want to continue with that message. By the grace of God, we will be coming to an end. But I I am trusting that everyone has either finished or you are almost finished reading the book, Many Are Called. How many of you have been blessed as we share from this wonderful book? Now, the reason why I have explained to you what we call Feeding 527. We have Feeding 527. And this is a season in Lighthouse where we share from one of the books that our bishop has written. Now, God has given us a father. God has given us an anointed father, an anointed man of God, and he has written so many books, so many books based on the scriptures. He has written so many books, and the children in the house are not benefiting from the books that the father has written. And so we seize the opportunity to bring one of the books, and we highlight what the Lord has ministered to him. And we base this on a scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27. That is the basis for our feeding 527. That is why we call it 527. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27. And it says, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle... Be read unto all the holy brethren. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. All the holy brethren. So Paul was writing epistles to the various churches. And the letters were not duplicated letters to various church members. They were written and addressed to the leaders of the churches. 
And in this particular episode, Paul said that I charge you by the Lord that this episode be read unto all the holy brethren. That means it must be read to all the churches. Hallelujah. And it is based on this that we read also one of our bishop's books and we share, we allow the Spirit of God also to minister to us as we read it. Amen. And so we have been sharing so many things from this book. We have been sharing that there are many of us that God wants to use in the work of the ministry. There are so many people that God has called. And we have come to a place where we have realized that no matter who you are, God can use you in the work of the ministry. No matter who you are, God can use you to do his work. Hallelujah. No matter what your situation is, no matter what your circumstance is, God can use you to do his work. And that is one of the missions of Lighthouse Chapel International, to bring to your attention or to bring to light that you also can do the work of the ministry. You also can do the work of God. Hallelujah. There is no one, there is no one who is just born to be just a church member that just comes to church and you just go home. You come to church and you just go home. Now, there are some of you who God has made you such that your ministry is to enhance the service. Hallelujah. Your ministry is to enhance the service. I mean, there are some of you who you have such a smile that when I see you, it brings more anointing. Hallelujah. There are some of you that your presence in the church brings certain aura around. Hallelujah. That is your ministry. That is your ministry. So you, if you don't come, something is shot in the house of God. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Some of you, your, your, the gift that God has given you is given to support the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. And sometimes you choose not to come. And when you come, it's not like you, are, you, you give online or something like that. But what I'm trying to say is, no matter what gift God has placed in you, some of you, giving is so easy for you. And it is not an accident. It's not a chance. It did not so happen that you, you are like that. You just give like that. And that is why you are prosperous. That is why you are prosperous. Because the Bible says it is more blessed to do what? Than to do what? Hallelujah. So you are blessed because it's so easy for you to give. And that is why God has given you such a gift also. Amen. So we are continuing. We share about the characteristics of people who are called by God. What are the, what are the kinds of people that God calls? What are their characteristics? What are some of the things that you can identify with someone that you say, this person God has called? Or the people that God has called, what are some of the characteristics that we see with them? And that is what we've been sharing. And today we want to continue. And before we continue, let us go quickly over some of the few ones that we have shared. The first one, the first characteristic that we mentioned, we said God has called which people? Failures. People who have failed. If you have failed in anything, you are the kind that God wants to use. What a shock. Isn't that surprising that God actually 
God, God, Jehovah, he likes failures. He likes people who have failed. He likes people who tried something and it didn't work. He likes people who failed in marriages, people who failed in school, people who failed in career, people who failed in the ministry, people who tried something and it didn't work. That kind of a person, God is particularly interested in. So if you are here and you have failed in something before, let your tentacles be sensitive to hear the voice of the Lord because he is very much interested in you. Hallelujah. What is the next thing? God calls unworthy people. God calls unworthy people. God calls people who feel in themselves that they are not worthy. They are not anybody. They are, they are not important. If you feel like that, God has called you. Hallelujah. God is waiting for you to respond to the call. And the next one, God calls people who have been rejected. You have been rejected in anything. God is interested in you. You have been rejected and you feel down. You feel you can't even rise up anymore. You are the particular person that God is interested in. Hallelujah. Amen. Number four. God calls people who are not believable. When you stand to say that God has called you, nobody will believe you. You are the kind that God is interested in. God likes you. When, you. when you appear before people, they will not believe that God has really called you. And surprisingly, you are the particular type of person that God is interested in. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What is the next one? God calls people with an inferiority complex. You have an inferiority complex. You think that people have done so great things and you don't think you belong to such group or such class. You don't think you are the kind that God will use for such wonderful things. If you feel like that, God is interested in you. Amen. I say God is interested in you. Hallelujah. I don't know what you have seen in the people that God has called or a person that God is using and then you feel that, oh, I wish I was like this. I wish I was like that. But there is nothing about me that makes me be be like this person. I feel like I am very far from such a person or from this particular group or this. You are the person that God is interested in. Hallelujah. What is the next one? God calls people who have failed in earlier attempts in ministry. You tried to do something in the ministry and it didn't work. God has called you. You are the one that God called. Moses tried something. Moses tried to be a judge over God's people. He failed. But he was a particular person that God had called to be a judge over his people. A judge over his nation. Two people, Moses could not be a judge. But over a nation, God made him a judge. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? The next one. God calls people who are not eloquent. You can't speak well. Your grammar is not proper. God has called you. When you speak, you spit. When you speak, people are moving their heads away. God has called you. I say God has called you. Hallelujah. Amen. 
you don't speak well, you are not an eloquent speaker, you are not an orator. You are the particular person that God is calling. Hallelujah. The next one, God calls young people. Can I see young people in the house? Oh, yes, myself included. (laughs) Reverend, are you young? Yes, don't bring yourself. But if you feel young, if you are a young person, the ministry belongs to you. Hallelujah. If you are young, God has called you to be a partaker of this great ministry and this great kingdom. Hallelujah. The Levites, they were supposed to start their ministry at age 25. Hallelujah. So if you are 25 years old or you are 26, you have missed your ministry, your calling by one year already. So if you are 30, I don't know how many years you have missed your calling. Amen. But God calls young people. God calls young people. And we shared so many things about these characteristics. What is the next one? Did I give you the next one? Wonderful. Let us move to the next one. God calls people who are fearful. God calls people who are fearful. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 8. God calls people who are fearful, afraid man. God has called you. You are an afraid woman. God has called you. You are a fearful person, afraid to do anything. God is interested in you. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at that. The prophet Jeremiah, God saw that he was an afraid man. You see, God will not say, do not be afraid, if he doesn't see that you are afraid. There is no reason why God will say, do not be afraid. He says, be not afraid of their faces. So when God called him, he realized that the man was afraid of the people. The man was afraid to stand before the congregation to preach. But look at someone who was afraid. The call of God was upon him to have, he says, I have said, I say, I have this day said the over the nations, someone who has been set over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, and to build and to plant. Someone with such anointing was someone who had fear in him. Hallelujah. So if you have fear in you, God is very interested in using you. God wants to use you for his work. God has identified that there is fear in you. He has seen that you are afraid to start something. He has seen that you are afraid to touch on something. You are the person that he's interested in. Do not be afraid. God himself, he says he will put his words in your mouth. You are afraid of the ministry. You are afraid to gather people and stand in front of them and share a word of God with them. You are afraid to stand before the children of God to share. 
you are the type that God is interested in. Hallelujah. You are afraid to stand before a congregation to preach. God is interested in you. I was also afraid. And I'm still afraid. Amen. It is not an easy thing to stand before the people of God. Now, you see, it is easy to stand before your colleagues at work and speak and say anything that you want. But people that Christ has died for, people that Christ had laid his life down for, people that Jesus has come down for, the reason why Jesus came down was for people like you. And I am before you to minister to you. People that God gave his only begotten son for. It's a fearful thing. Hallelujah. You are not ordinary people. Amen. You were bought with a price. And for me to have the privilege to stand before you, it's a wonderful privilege. So sometimes I come with some fears. Amen. Lord, am I going to tell them what you want them to hear? Are they going to understand what you want them to hear? It is not an easy thing. But he says he will put his words in your mouth. He will put his words in your mouth. Don't be afraid. He will put his words in your mouth. I say God himself will do what? He will put his words in your mouth. Do not be afraid. If fear is what is hindering your call, the Lord is saying that I will be with you. He says, be not afraid of their faces. Sometimes you see some people, when you see them, you are afraid. Hey, you are afraid to preach. Sometimes some people come around and you are afraid to preach. But you don't stand here in your own might and in your own power. You stand here not by might and not by power, but by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And he will be with you. You are afraid to stand before the congregation to sing a solo. God will be with you. He will put a song in your mouth. He will change your voice. The timbers that will come out of your voice. Amazing. People will look at you and say, when's coming this one? When did she begin to sing? When did he begin to sing? But it is by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. I say, it is by the Spirit of God. Your own daughter, when she stands to minister in front of the church, she says, ah, this one is not from the mother. Nor is it from the father. Maybe a little bit from the father. The voice is a little bit from the father. Oh, but what do you think? But it's the anointing of God. Amen. The anointing of God. Hallelujah. Let not be fear in you. Anytime there's fear in you, understand that it is not from God. Hallelujah. Anytime there is fear in you, when fear comes in you, understand that it is not of God. The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. That when you are before the Lord, you have peace, you have sound mind. Hallelujah. You cannot do anything well when it is accompanied with fear. Hallelujah. Because whenever there is fear, understand that the devil is also with you. Amen. Whenever there is fear associated with it, understand that the devil is also with you. 
Nothing can be done well when fear is attached to it. In other words, nothing can be done well when the enemy has added the spirit of fear to it. Does somebody understand what I'm saying? Fear is from the devil. Fear is not from God. Hallelujah. You have fear in your marriage. It's not from God. You are afraid in your own marriage. You are afraid. You are afraid that your husband will cheat on you. You have become like an FBI agent. You are always doing investigation. Checking phone numbers. Checking letters. Checking bills. Checking receipts. Checking all sorts of things. The moment your husband sleeps, you go through his knickers. You know what are knickers? <laughs> you going through all sorts of areas looking for receipts, looking for evidence. One time, a young lady told me, Reverend, every Saturday, I had to drive behind my husband because he says he's going to this place to play this thing. And I had to drive behind him and drive, find, watch him where he's going. Because fear has gripped you. And you are not enjoying the marriage. You are not happy in the marriage. Hallelujah. Take out fear from the marriage. Amen. There are some men, they are afraid. Fear, because of fear, they are afraid to marry. You are afraid to marry. I was also afraid at some point. When I was getting ready to marry. I was afraid. Hey, it was not an easy thing. I said, I'm going to take somebody's daughter and... She is going to be my responsibility. I have to provide for her. I have to provide shelter. I have to provide clothing. If she, she says she can do this, it is my response. Hey, it was a very fearful thing. But unless you overcome that fear, you cannot marry. Unless you rise up above the fear, you will stay single. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? Some women are also afraid to marry. You are afraid to marry sometimes from previous experiences. You are afraid. And you have all sorts of things to say about men. As for men, when they say look up, look down. As for men, when they say this, it is that. As for men, everything about men you, in your head, it is opposite. Because of some experience that you have. Hallelujah. As for men, when they say they are taking you out, be careful. Christian brother cannot just take you for lunch. Fear has gripped you. Amen. Some people are also afraid to have children. It is a fearful thing. I'm telling you. That you bring children in this world, you bring children in this world, and how they are going to become depends on you. If they are going to eat, it depends on you. If they are going to wear, it depends on you. You are going to, they are going to sleep. They don't care about anything. Everything is on you. And you are worried about raising them also. What if they become vagabonds? What if they become gays? What if they become lesbians? You are afraid. But may the Lord deliver you from the fear. I say may the Lord deliver you from the fear. You will have proper children. You will have healthy children. Children who have the fear of God in them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Everyone who has done something wonderful has to overcome fear. 
If you want to start a business, you have to overcome fear. Hallelujah. Everyone who has prospered in a business, everyone who has done well in a business, at some point had to overcome fear. Hallelujah. You will stay in your fear. You will not go forward unless you rise up to overcome the fear. Hallelujah. Every good thing that God has for you, every good thing that God wants to give you, the enemy will bring fear to attach to it such that you cannot rise up to claim what God has given you. Hallelujah. Let me show you a scripture in Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, everyone a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men were heads of the children of Israel. Do you see? So go back to verse 1 and look. It says, verse 1. It says, and the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, in verse 2, it says, send thou, send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Do you see? God has given the land to the children. God has given the land to the people of Israel. But he says, just send men, send men to go and search it. Go and inspect it. Go and look how it, it, it appears, how it looks, what is there. And so Moses sent leaders from each of the tribe. He sent one leader from each of the tribe. Now go to verse 25 and see. Verse 25, he says, And they returned, they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They even brought fruit from the land to show them that they have actually been there so that they will believe what they are going to tell them. Do you see? It says, and they told him and said, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us. Yes, we came to the land. And surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Evidence that the land is not a small land. It is rich. It flows with milk and honey. The fruits are juicy on the land. Nevertheless, say nevertheless. Say to your neighbor, nevertheless. It says, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. It says, there are strong people that dwell in the land. And the cities are all walled. And, every, every, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Moreover, on top of all of this, we saw the children of Anak. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. Look at this. You see, they are telling you every reason why you should not go and 
get what the Lord has given you. I'm telling you, whenever God is giving you something great, the enemy will attach fear to it. God has given it to you. God has given it in your hand. He says that God has, God is saying, send men to inspect the land that I have given to the children of Israel. He says, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. That means every area are people who don't like us are living there. And Caleb, Caleb still the people before Moses. That means he silenced them from talking and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome. I said, you have to overcome the fear that is in you. If God is giving you something, you have to rise up. He says, let us rise up. Let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it verse 31 but the man that went up with him said we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we look at that and they brought up an evil report that is an evil report whenever god puts something in your hand the enemy will give you an evil report now, the evil report that comes from the enemy, it is attached with fear. Hallelujah. It is attached with fear. He says that, he said, and they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. Look at that. The land eats the inhabitants. The land will eat you when you get there. They said they saw people living there. But they are saying that this land, it is the inhabitant. I said, that is not of God. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. They are giants. And look, it says, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. As grasshoppers, we appear in our own sight. In our, when we look at each other, when we look at ourselves, we look at them and we look at ourselves, we appear as grasshoppers. And they say that, and so we were in their sight. That means they could see in the, Let me tell you something. Look, that is a revelation right there. Whenever the Lord gives you something, you will look at the thing from the enemy's sight. You will look at the thing from the enemy's vision. He said that, and we were, and so we were in their sight. That means they've not come to the people, but they look at the people and they saw for themselves that we are grasshoppers. That is what fear will do to you. Hallelujah. I say that is what fear will do to you. Amen. That is what fear will do to you. You can choose to remain in the wilderness and suffer, or you can rise up. And overcome the fear and possess the land that flows with milk and honey. Hallelujah. If God is going to make you prosperous, you have to rise up above fear. Amen. Amen. One time Moses was bringing the people of Israel from Egypt. And as they were coming, they came to a place where they were between, they, they were between the enemies and the ocean. Do you see? In Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. 
and the people were gripped with fear. They saw the enemy coming. Have you heard that you, when you are be, uh, in a place, you say you are between a, a, a rock and a hard place? You, it's like there are only two options, and neither of the options are good. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You only have two options, but neither of the options are good. It means that when you go forward, it's not good, and when you go back, it's not good. So this is where they were. In verse 13, Exodus 14, verse 13, it says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and he shall hold your peace. Hallelujah. If you want to overcome poverty forever, if you want to move away from poverty forever, if you want to move away from this condition forever, you need to rise up above fear. Yes, sir, you need to overcome fear. Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. It is only fear that will make you remain in your place. And as they saw the ocean, as they saw the enemy coming and closing in and closing in, it took courage, it took faith, it took overcoming the fear for them. When even Moses had parted the ocean, when Moses struck the ocean and it parted, and there was mountains of ocean here and another mountain here, it would take something to overcome fear to step in. You are seeing dry land, but water is coming on this side and water on that side, you have to overcome fear to step in. Hallelujah. In order to cross from slavery and suffering and oppression to a land that flows with milk and honey, you have to rise up above fear. Hallelujah. I say you have to rise up above fear. Fear will grip you. Fear will take you away from the ministry. Fear came upon Peter. And when he encountered a little girl, he was afraid. And he denied his savior because of fear. He denied his own savior. He denied the power that he has seen. For three years, he denied the power. But the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there were with all what one accord in one place. And he said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And he says that they could see the spirit of God upon their heads. And there appeared, he says, it was like glowing tanks of fire. And it came upon them. And the Bible says they all began to speak with different languages. They all began to speak with different languages. And there were people that were standing around and they were looking at them and they were amazed. They were amazed. However, there were other people also who stood by and they were mocking them. I said they were mocking them. But this same Peter, I said this same man, this same afraid man, when the spirit of God came upon him, when he mounted up courage, when that fear came out of him, the Bible says, but Peter standing up with 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken men. He said, they are not drunken. These are not drunk. Supposing that even the hour is not for drinking. 
He said, these are not drunks. They are not alcoholics. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, the Lord shall pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And he says, and his sons and his daughters shall prophesy. And the young men shall see visions. And the old ones shall dream dreams. He says, these are not drunkards. Even upon his man handmaids and upon his servant shall he pour out of his spirit upon them. And these are not drunkards. They are not alcoholics. That same man who was gripped with fear, running away from a three-year, a, a, a young girl, he rose up against fear. Rise up against fear. I say, rise up. God has called you, and you need to rise up and overcome fear. Hallelujah. You need to rise up and overcome fear. If you are going to attain the ministry that God has given you, you're going to have to rise up and overcome fear. Hallelujah. I want to give you, I'm trying to see if we can finish this chapter today, but we let the Spirit lead. Hallelujah. The next one, God calls people who are in difficult circumstances. God calls people who are in difficult circumstances. I don't know what circumstance you are in. If you are in a difficult circumstance, I want you to pay attention because God has called you. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 and verse 1. God calls people who are in difficult circumstances. Judges chapter 6. Let us read from verse 1. It says, are you there? Judges chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the land. Till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. So this is what happened. You see, the people of Israel had sinned against God. And the Bible says God gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Now the Midianites were very cruel people. They were very wicked. And the Bible says that whenever the people of Israel will plant their crops at the season, at the, at the season time when they are reaping their crops, they will come, the Midianites, they will come and they will come and take everything that they have. The year's harvest, they will come and take everything that they have and strip them of the land and take their sheep, their ox and their asses. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. This is how they were. They were like grasshoppers for multitude, a whole lot of them. And he says, for both they and their camels were without number. They are coming for their camels to come and drink from their, their wells, their water. They were bringing all these people to come and drink. And they entered into the land to destroy it. Do you see? And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. 
and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah that pertained unto Josh, the Abizarite. And his son Gideon treasured wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So the Bible says that when the people of Israel were in this situation, they cried to the Lord. They were crying to the Lord, Lord, come and deliver us. Come and deliver us. And the Lord sent an angel. The Lord sent an angel. And the angel came to sit under this tree. He says, and there came an angel of the Lord. And he sat under an oak tree. And that oak tree belongs to a man called Joash, who was Gideon's father. And Gideon, the son of Joash, he will come under the tree and he will thresh the wheat. He will thresh the wheat. Means he will sit the wheat. You know, and he will prepare the wheat to hide it. So that when the enemy comes, they will not take that wheat and they will have some wheat to eat. Do you see? And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. In other Versions. He says, the Lord is with thee, thou hero. The angel addressed Gideon as a mighty man of valor, a hero. And look at what the, um, um, Gideon said. He says, and the next verse is frozen. This is what Gideon replied. He says, sir, what, are, what is happening? Are we okay? And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? How many of you have said that before? When you look at your circumstances, he says, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why are all these things happening to us? If the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Hallelujah. Look at this. You know, the people of Israel had suffered greatly and this was the condition under which Gideon was also living. This was the circumstances that Gideon found himself. And so, when the angel of God came and addressed him, he, said, he called him, he says, thou mighty man of valor, a hero, 
So when Gideon looked at his circumstances, when he looked at Brown, he thought he was talking to the wrong person. He does not see any hero in his own eyes. He does not see a mighty man in his own eyes. He does not see himself as someone who is a hero. But in the eyes of God, within the circumstances, God was seeing a hero. And God was addressing him as a hero. You don't look anything like a pastor. You don't look at anything like a man of God. But in the eyes of God, you are an anointed man of God. You are an anointed evangelist. In the eyes of God, you are an anointed prophet in the eyes of God. But you don't look like it. Because you are looking at circumstances. You are in a difficult circumstances. You are in a difficult fix. You don't see anything good coming out of this situation. When you look at your circumstances, you don't see that you can one day also become somebody's wedded wife. But in the eyes of God, you are somebody's wedded wife. I say you are somebody's wedded wife. In the eyes of God, you are somebody who is going to have children, three children, four children, five children. You are a mother of six in the eyes of God. As you are walking around there, it doesn't look like it. But here in this country, you are a mother of three. I say you are a mother of four, a mother of five. But when you look at your circumstances, when you look at every month, then you are sad. When you look at every month, then... You don't see, you don't see that happening. And you don't hear, you, don't, you, you are looking at the circumstances and you don't see that as a possibility. But God is calling you a mother. God is calling you a father. I said, God is calling you a grandmother. God is calling you a grandfather. You don't see that happening, but God has seen that in you. And he's, he thought he was calling somebody else. But I tell you, you are the one that God is calling. Somebody is wishing you happy Mother's Day. I said, somebody is wishing you happy Father's Day. Somebody is writing a card to you and congratulating you. Hallelujah. But you look at the circumstances. You look at where you are coming from. You don't see it. Difficult situation. Difficult circumstances. You don't have your papers, but God is calling you a university graduate. I said, God is calling you a university graduate. How are you going to go to school? I don't know, but God has seen something, and he says that you are a university graduate. An MBA holder, a BSc holder, you are a PhD holder, LLB, BSc, BA. God is calling you a university graduate. You don't see that happening, but God is seeing that in you. Hallelujah. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at your circumstances. It doesn't look possible for what are the things that are happening, the surroundings and the circumstances. But God sees a registered nurse. I say God sees a registered nurse. God says that you are a registered nurse right there. As you are sitting there, God is seeing a registered nurse. God is seeing a registered physician. God is seeing a lawyer. Hallelujah. Is somebody receiving it? Oh, people in this church, they don't know how to receive. You see? You are becoming like Gideon. When Gideon looked at the kind of work that he was doing, when he looked at his job, he was hiding. He was hiding food from an enemy. A hero hiding food from an enemy, not your weapon. You are not sharpening your weapon. It's not like you are preparing a sword to go to war. You are not preparing your shotguns. 
but you are hiding food from an enemy. You don't look anything like a hero, but God is seeing a hero. When you look at the work that you do, you are in the living, you are living and watching some old lady, but God is seeing a nurse. I said, God is seeing a lawyer. You said, you don't see how that is going to happen, but God has seen it. God is seeing a promotion coming your way. You don't know how it's going to happen, but it's happening. No man will ever associate you with a heroism. No man. When, because they are looking at you. No man will think that you are a chosen and ordained prophet. No man will think that you, you, you are someone who can become a pastor. No one will associate you with that. In fact, they will not associate you in with a, as a shepherd leader, a, a, a ministry shepherd. But God says, you did not choose him. Your job is not going to choose you. Your position is not going to choose you. He said that I have chosen you and I have ordained you to go and bear fruit and bring forth fruit that your fruit shall remain. Whose report will you believe? I say, whose report would you believe? <laughs> Hallelujah. You are in a difficult circumstances, but God is going to use you. Amen. I say, you are in a difficult circumstances, but God is going to use you. Amen. A struggling single mother, but God is going to make you a lady pastor. Amen. I say, you are a struggling single mother, struggling to raise your children, but God is going to make you a lady pastor. You will use your circumstances before the Lord, and you will minister powerfully. A struggling student. You are struggling even to just get through. To just get by. But God is going to use you. I said God is going to use you. God is going to use you. You are even struggling with the English language. But God is going to use you. I have seen someone who has not even been to class 6 before. Standing before president. Standing before mighty men. And ministering with power. He is invited to minister on TV. I see God using you. Regardless of your circumstances, I see God using you. That difficult situation, that difficult condition, God has seen it. And in the midst of that condition, in the midst of that difficulty, he said, hear ye my daughter, hear ye my son. You are a hero. You are a hero. You are a mighty man. You are a mighty woman. I see God lifting you up in your circumstances and in your own situation. Hallelujah. Don't let situations dictate for you. Amen. Amen. Let me give you some, the, the rest of them, I want to leave you with them to read on them. We will not have time to go on them. But God calls people without miracles. Hallelujah. God calls people without miracle power. You don't have miracle power, you are the kind that God will use. God will use you. It says in uh, Judges chapter 6 and verse 13, he says, and Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles which our father told us of? Hallelujah. You see, when you look at your circumstances, when you look at your ministry, you don't see miracles. You don't see, you say, but where are all the miracles that Jesus said it will follow us? Where are all the miracles? Why, how come the lame is not working? How come the blind is not seeing? How come the low back pain is not going away? Where are the miracles? 
But who said that the miracle should be today? Or who said the miracle should be tomorrow? Bishop Doug was saying, he said that when he started his ministry, people were laughing at him. And they said that there is no power in the ministry. There is no miracle in the ministry. But today, I said today, the blind can see, the lame can walk, or the deaf can speak. I said today, eyes are being opened. Tumors are vanishing. Cancer is disappearing in the bodies of people. Hallelujah. Amen. You will definitely feel like asking for miracles and signs and wonders to confirm that God is calling you. If you depend on the presence of miracles to confirm your calling, you may never enter the ministry. God may have planned for you to see the first miracle after you have been in the ministry for 20 years. If that is the plan of God and you have been in the ministry for 10 years, Continue. Keep going. I say keep going. Keep going. The next one, God calls God forsaking people. God forsaking people. Hallelujah. People who feel that they are forsaken by God. People who feel that God is not with them. Such are the people that God calls. Hallelujah. In Judges chapter 6 and verse 13, Gideon said, But now the Lord had forsaken us. And delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. He says, the Lord has forsaken us. You may feel that the Lord has forsaken you. You feel that their circumstances will show you that God is not with you. God has forsaken you. And God is not with you. But in that circumstances, the voice of God is coming to you. In that situation, the voice of God is coming to you. Problems and difficulties do not mean that God has forsaken you. Follow the Holy Spirit into the presence of God. Hallelujah. Let the voice of the Spirit be heard. In the midst of calamities, in the midst of difficulties, when the people of the, the, when the Midianites were harassing the people of Israel, the angel of God was talking to Gideon. And when you look at circumstances like that, you feel God is very far away. But God is very near. Hallelujah. The next one, God calls people who have nothing to offer. You have nothing to offer. Judges 6.15 And he said unto him, Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? What, what, with what shall I save Israel? What does he mean that I can save Israel? What have you seen in me? You don't see anything in you. You don't see any power in you. Emmanuel, you don't see yourself as having the power to even minister to God's congregation. But God is calling you. When you feel like that, when you feel that there is nothing in you, you don't even know where Genesis is. You say Genesis is the seventh book because you think the Bible is in alphabetical order and G is number seven. Even you, even you. I say even you. You can't quote one scripture. You cannot even quote one scripture. God is very much interested in you. I say God is very much interested in you. You cannot speak in a certain way. You don't feel that you have the aura. You don't feel that power. You don't feel that you don't have that voice. But you are the kind that God wants to use. I say you are the kind that God wants to use. Hallelujah. Nobody has proposed to you before. You are the first one that is going to get married. I say you are the first one that is going to get married. From secondary school, nobody proposed to you. Through college, 
you have been in this country for many years you have been working at your workplace nobody, but you are the one that is going to get married i say you are the one that is going to get married if you have nothing in you god will give you of his spirit hallelujah he says that is one of the reasons that people do not heed to the call because they realize that they have little to offer or they have nothing to offer they do not have the word or the anointing. People feel, you feel like you don't have the word. You feel like you don't have the anointing. How many have felt like that? You say that, oh, this calling that they are talking about, I don't feel, I don't feel that I have the anointing to do it. Oh, can I see by show of hands? You don't, God has called all of you whose hands are up. You are the one that God is interested in. You feel that you don't have the word in you, you are the one that God is interested in. When they say, come and share prayer, let us lead a prayer meeting. You are struggling. Do not look at the faces of the people. I said, do not look at the faces of the people. God has very much called you. God has called you. Hallelujah. He said that he will give you the Holy Spirit, who is the advocate, who will teach you all things. Amen. The Holy Spirit will put words in your mouth. Hallelujah. The next one, God calls people with poor family background. You don't have the name. You have poor family background. God will call you. I say you are the one that God is interested in. Judges 6.15 And he said unto him, Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I have, shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You are the least amongst your father's children, but God will use you. I say you are not important, but God will use you. Sometimes you look at the family background, you look at where you are coming from. You see poverty and you don't think that, ah, God can be with people like that. From where you are coming from, you don't associate yourself even with the call of God. But sometimes riches, it can make you proud. I say riches, it can make you proud. It boosts your self-esteem. But God God does not like people who have high self-esteem. I say God does not like people who have high self-esteem. Hallelujah. Poverty can bring humility. And humility is attractive to God. Hallelujah. So don't don't let the poor background that you have cut off the calling that God has concerning your life. Am I speaking to somebody? And the last one, God calls people who are the least in their families. God calls people who are the least in their families. Hallelujah. And he said, Judges 6, 15, And he said unto him, Oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Can you imagine? Look at the person. First of all, you have very poor background, poor family background, and two, you are also the least in your family's house. So it means that Amongst the people, you are the last one that anyone will choose. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? In the land, if they are looking for someone to be a hero and to lead the people, you are the last one that anybody will choose. He says, behold, I am the least in my father's house. And we, I come from a poor family background. But you are the one that God is going to use. It says, this is the usual pattern of all the people that God calls. 
God calls the youngest, the oldest, and the rejects. Rejection has a way of making you humble. It is this humility that opens your heart to the call of God. Do not be surprised when you see the unacceptable person being raised up to the high office of the ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody this evening? I said, am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? God is going to use you. No matter what your circumstances are, God is going to use you. No matter what your background is, God is going to use you. Hallelujah. One day, God sent Samuel to go and choose a king among Jesse's children. And when he got there, Jesse brought his potentials. What in the eyes of man will be the selected ones? Hallelujah. And so when Samuel, also a prophet, but a man, when he saw the first son, he says, ah, that's him. And God said, that is not the one that I have chosen. So he says, Jesse says, well, if it's not him, then it must be my next choice. You see, the father's choice. So he brought the next person. And then the next person came. God said, that is not the one. They went through all of them. And then someone said, is there not anyone? Because this is the house that God has sent me. God has sent me here. But Jesse felt that he has brought the potential ones. All the ones who are fit to be king. He has brought them. So he has finished with them. And then Jesse was standing there looking at Samuel. Someone said, ah, I am waiting for the next one. He says, real kings. If I can, real kings, these are they. Someone said, is there not another one? He said, oh, there is this one. He is in the backyard somewhere in the field, mending the sheep. He said, bring that one. Bring that one. Bring that one. I see you being brought in. I said, I see you being brought in. You are very far behind, but I see God bringing you in. God bringing you in. God bringing you in. When men have refused you, when men had considered you nothing. Hallelujah. Now, when we look at the characteristics of all the people that God calls, the kind of people that God uses for the ministry, we realize that there is not much nobility amongst any of them. There is not much nobility about them. Have you asked yourself why? Why? Why does God do that? Why does God choose such people? Why does God use people like that? And when you go through the characteristics, I believe each one of us will find ourselves in one of the characteristics. So why does God do that? I just want to share something very simple with you. Just allow me, please. Okay, we are concluding the message. We are concluding the message. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. It says... For ye see your calling. That means you can see the calling. You can see your calling. Brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh. That means not many wise men after the flesh, after man's choice, after man's definition of wise. Not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty men. Not many noble are called. Not many. He says, ye see your calling. Ye see your calling. 
how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised had God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh, no flesh should glory in his presence. He says that he will not use mighty men. So, are you a mighty woman? Do I see mighty women here? Do I see mighty men? God has chosen you. Do you. Are you considered wise amongst people? Are you considered, when we are talking about wise people, are you the one that they will call? If you are not the one, you are the one that God is interested in. If you are not mighty, if you are not noble, when you look at yourself, you don't see nobility around you. You don't look noble. He says, God chooses such people. God chooses people who have no nobility. God chooses people who have no might. God chooses people who are not wise in the eyes of men. So that the glory will belong to him. He said that, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So when you look at verse, um, Judges chapter 7 and verse 2, even when God has called Gideon, when the angel of God had appeared before him, he still didn't find himself as a potential hero. And so he says, if I'm going to succeed in this, then I need to mobilize the whole of the army, the retirees and the ones who have gone on pension. Let everyone come so that we can at least face the people. So, Judges 7 verse 2, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest, lest Israel will vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. He says, The people are too many. The people are too many. Lest the people of Israel will say that our own hands saved us. So Gideon, he started off with 32,000 men. 32,000 men. God said, remove some. Take some. And then he says, the people who have fear in them, let them go home. So Gideon came and said, if you have fear, if you are afraid, go home. 10,000 men went home. And how many were left? 22,000 men went home. And 10,000 were left. 22,000 out of the 32,000. 22,000 went home. And 10,000 were left. God looked at the 10,000 and says, they are still too many. They are still too many. Take them to the river. Take them to the river. Let them drink. The ones who go down on their knees and start drinking, licking the water, let them go home. And the ones who stoop, who stoop and just bring the water to their mouth like that, who are ready to go on, let them go with you. Gideon took them. And after he looked, almost the entire army were on their knees drinking water. And only 300 people were left. And the Lord said, these are the ones that are going with you. And with the 300 people, the Bible says, when Gideon came and he looked, the army of the Midianites, they were like grasshoppers by multitude. And they are, they, are, they, are, they are chariots. They were like the seashore, the sun on the seashore. And he had 300 people. And he divided the 300 people into three troops. 
Hundred here, hundred there, hundred there. And in the hands of these three troops, the Lord delivered the people of the Midianites into the hand of Judah. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why he says, that is why he says, he says, go in this thy might. Go in this thy might. Go in the way that you are. I, the Lord, will deliver the people in your hand. One day when David was about to go to war, God called David. And David came and he looked at these Philistines. And the Philistine army came and bluffing and insulting them. He said, bring your mighty man to fight me. Little boy David, he came and he says, I will fight this man. He says, I will fight him. And King Saul says, my son, you are too nice for this idiot to kill you. Come. He says, don't worry, king. I will fight him. He says, if you are going to fight this giant, then let me arm you properly. So he brought the king's armor and he put the king's armor on him. He put the king's helmet. He put the breastplate on him. He put the king's shoes. He put arms on him and gave him the king's sword. And he says, go. And David started. And then he's he started moving towards the Philistine army. As he was going, he says, no, 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 no. I cannot go in this. I cannot go. This is the arm of flesh. I cannot go in this strength. He said that there is something that I know how. There is a God that I'm familiar with. There is a God who is in me. He said, go in this thy might. And so I'm going to go in the might of my God. Therefore, take this thing of me. Take this helmet of me. Take these shoes of me. I am going to go in the strength of my Lord. And he went, he came with his bed. Just like that. Not the arm of flesh. And the Bible says the Lord gave the Philistine giant in the hand of David. Hallelujah. The Lord gave the Philistine giant in the hand of David. And when you see such a thing, you can only but say, it got to be the arm of the Lord. It got to be the arm of the Lord. Say, it got to be the arm of the Lord. Hallelujah. David refused the human armor. He refused the king's special armor. And he went in the might of the Lord. And the Lord delivered him. God told Gideon, he says, go in this thy might. Have I not sent you? Go in this thy might. God is the one that is calling you. Beloved, go in this thy might. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at your surroundings. Don't look at what has happened before. Don't look at where you are coming from. Don't look at the job that you do. But go in the strength of the Lord. Because there is a reason why. God wants it to be like that. There is a reason why God calls people like that. And that is the last scripture that I want to read with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. That is our last scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. He said, There is treasure in you. There is power, my brother. There is anointing to do the work of God. 
There is power to do the work of God. But God does not place the power in people who are noble. God does not place the power in people who feel they are wise in themselves. God does not place the power in people who feel they are mighty. So sometimes you are forced, you are forced. Even as God has called you, you, don't, you feel that you are not the type. You don't look the type. So you want to dress in a certain way. You want to speak in a certain way that you have a prophetic voice. That when you speak, people will feel that there is power in your voice. That when you say, receive it, people will receive. And then you feel that you have to talk in a certain way. You feel that when I lay my hands on you, it shouldn't be just gentle like that to lay my hands on you. But receive it. I have to talk in a certain way. But the Bible says that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of man. That in your own weakness, like Gideon, you are hiding food. You are, you are a housekeeper. You are a security guard. But God is rising up a, a soldier, a giant, a spiritual giant, a, 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 an anointed minister. I say you are in the living, but God is ministering to you. I say you are in living, but God is ministering to you. You are standing in front of that store, watching people who steal, but you are an anointed pastor of God. You stand by Fordham Road and just watching as the people are stealing. Sometimes you are looking at women passing by instead of watching the people, but you are the one that God is going to use. I say no matter what your circumstances, no matter what you have tried before, you married and it didn't work. You are a single mother. You don't even know the child, the father's child. But God is going to use you. Let not the voice of men dictate to you. And let not circumstances dictate to you. You failed in school. God is interested in you. You are the least in your family. God is interested in you. Oh, you've tried the ministry before and you failed. God is interested in you. I said God is interested in you. Put down the human uniform. Put down the armor. Put down the king's armor. And rise and go in this thy might. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of man. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand unto your feet. Stand unto your feet. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What is your circumstances? What have you been through? What have you experienced? Beloved, you feel very low. You feel that God is very far from you. But you are the one that God is choosing. You are the one that God is going to use. You are the type that God is interested in. You are the type that God is going to use powerfully. He's going to use you. Oh, be prepared. Because he's going to use you. You have excluded yourself. Your family has excluded you. You are not counted. You are not chosen. You are not chosen for any leadership. But in the house of God. You are the type that God is going to use. Oh, yes. You are the type that God is going to use. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hear ye the voice of the Lord. He said, go ye in this thy might. Go in this strength that you have. Go in the same strength. Do not put on any other strength of your own. Do not put on human strength. Oh, yes. He will deliver. He will use you to heal. He will use you to deliver. He will use you. Oh, yes. God will use you in this ministry. Go 
God is giving you a ministry. Only be thou not afraid. He said, go and be not afraid. Yes. Let the fear come out of you. Let the fear come out of you. Because God is going to use you. Oh, Lord. To make me what he wants me to be. Sing his sable. He is able. Accomplish what concerns me today. My God is able, He is able, more than able. Oh Lord, to accomplish anything that comes my way. to take you out of the merry clay and plant you on the solid ground. He's able to take you out of slavery. He's able to take you out of the difficult circumstances. He's able to take you out of the state of failure. He's able to bring you back. Oh, yes. Yes. He's able Father, we are thankful. We are grateful, Lord. Oh, yes, oh God. We are thankful to be in your presence, to hear you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this encouragement. We thank you, Lord, that for all the men and women that you chose to use, Father, you have also considered us. Given our circumstances, you have also considered us. Given our family backgrounds, you have also considered us. Even the fear that surrounds us, Lord, you have also considered us. Father, that we are the least in our family, you have also considered us. We feel that there is no power. We feel that people will not believe us. But you have also considered us. Father, we are thankful. We are grateful. We are thankful that, Lord, we are also rising up. And you are bringing us into the ministry. Lord, thank you for choosing us to be partakers of the ministry. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor in the name of Jesus. Me to be to make me what he wants me to be. If you are here this afternoon, you feel there's a call of God upon your life. You feel that God wants to use you. You feel that there are circumstances that makes you feel that you are inadequate. Sometimes it's, by, it's your family background. Sometimes it's you have tried something before and it didn't work. 
Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's the kind of work that you are doing. When you look at your circumstances, you don't see that God can use a person like you. But you are interested in the ministry. You want to do the work of the ministry. You want God to use you. You are ready for God to use you. If you are like that, you feel like that. Wherever you are, just lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. You try something that didn't work before. You failed at something. Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. Oh, yes. You are like Moses. You are not an eloquent speaker. You are afraid to stand before people and speak. You shake when you stand before people. You sweat. You can't even open your mouth. You are gripped with fear. Lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Oh, yes. Lift up your hands. Father, we thank you for all these hands that are lifted up. Oh, Lord, behold these hands that are lifted up. Father, behold these hands that are lifted up. Oh, Lord, you say, you see your calling. How not many wise after the flesh are chosen. Not many mighty are chosen. Not many noble are called. But you, oh God, you have used the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The base things of the world to confound the wise. The weak things of the world. Things that are despised, oh God, have you chosen. But that these ones who feel despised, they feel they are weak. They feel they can't speak well. They feel they are not noble. Oh, behold your hands this afternoon. Father, let the Spirit come forth upon them. Let the Spirit of God come upon them. Lord, use these ones. Let the Spirit come upon them, oh God. You do not desire that a man shall be wise in his own eyes. But Lord, this one says, they are available. Father, set them free from the things that hold them back. Set them free from the things that hold them back. Father, the despisement, oh God. All the weaknesses, oh God. Father, how that they are afraid of doing anything. They are afraid. Lord, use these ones. Let the anointing of God, the anointing that brings boldness. You say you will give them the advocate who is the Holy Spirit. You say, and when he has come upon you, he will teach you all things. Lord, let the Spirit of God come upon these ones. Let them hear you uh, under the oak tree. Oh my Lord, oh my God. Uh, oh Jesus, let them hear you under the oak tree. Uh, Gideon said, oh my Lord, how wherewith shall I save the people of Israel? Oh, but my Lord and my God, you see these ones. You see these ones are not noble. They are not wise, but you have chosen them. Let it not be after the flesh. Father, you say you use such people so that the excellency of the power may be of you and not of them. Therefore, oh Lord, my God, if you can use anything, oh Lord, use these ones. If you can use anything, my Lord, use these ones. If you can use anything, Lord, use these ones. You said they have treasure, but they are in earthen vessels. Lord, they see their circumstances that they are earthen vessels. But there's treasure, the treasure of the power of the Spirit. Let the Spirit fall upon these ones in the name of Jesus. Receive. 
the Spirit of God. Receive 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 the Spirit of God. May the Lord use you. May the Lord touch you. May the Lord use you. You shall touch and they shall be well. You shall touch and they shall be well. You shall touch the sick and they shall be well. May the Lord use you. May the Lord's countenance be lifted up upon you. When the glory of God came upon Moses, he said that the people could not behold him. May the glory of God come upon you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your anointing, for your spirit that has come upon these ones. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. With all eyes closed, every head bowed, you are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You, you have not given your life to Jesus. But he says he did not, you did not choose him. He has chosen you. This afternoon, if you want to respond to that call, Jesus says, come and I will save you. He says there's so much room at the cross. Beloved, if you are the only one alive, even after Noah, God would have sent his son to die for you. You are here this afternoon. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. You want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Do not live here without receiving Christ. If you are here, you want to receive Jesus as your savior. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. You want Jesus Christ to come into your life. You say, I want Christ to save me. I want my name to be written in the book of life. If you were to die today, you're not sure where you are going. But this afternoon, you can make that certainty. You can be sure that when you die, if the Lord calls you, you know where you are going. Beloved, the young die, the old die. There is no telling when the storm is going to come on you. But be prepared when that day comes. If you are here this afternoon, you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Is there anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone here like that? Anyone here? Oh yes, the Lord is ministering to you. You want to lift your hand up, but the enemy is telling you, don't do it today. You can do it tomorrow. You can do it next week. You can do it another time. Is that you? Is that you? If that is you, lift up your hand right now. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up your hand right now. Is that you? Why don't you all join and let's say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. Please forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my Lord. From today, I will serve you. Only you would I serve. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you for saving me. Say, Satan, I do not serve you anymore. Jesus is my Lord. I will serve him the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.
We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.